All who come to this happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. Here age relives fond memories of the past. I'm a real boy! You want thingamabobs? I got 20. 10,000 years will give you such a prick in the neck. This is the Magic on a Dollar podcast with David Dollar. Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is David Dollar and I am your host for this, the ninth episode of the Magic on a Dollar podcast. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Christmas time is here. Uh, it's, it's crazy, right? Because suddenly it's Valentine's Day or maybe it's Mother's Day and it's the start of summer. The kids are out of school. You're doing your summer thing, going on your vacations because you called me, your, your, uh, friendly neighborhood at Disney Travel Planner. Um, you know, all of a sudden school's starting back and then it's September and then October, Halloween. Hey, Thanksgiving is here and all of a sudden, look, it's Christmas time. And then you'll blink your eyes and 2018 will be here. That's how fast time goes. It's crazy, right? My name is David Dollar. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for being here and downloading this episode. It means the world to me that you do this. It really, really does. I really appreciate that. Um, I appreciate you telling your friends about it. I appreciate you, you know, sharing the tweets and share, retweeting the tweets and sharing the, the posts and, you know, saying, Hey guys, I got a, I got a friend of mine who does a Magic on a Dollar podcast. You should listen to the podcast. And I, I, I appreciate that. I've got the, I've got the download numbers and they're pretty good. And I've got the uh, subscription numbers and all that good stuff. And, and I'm really, really excited about where we're going and, and so on. And this show will only get it better if you listen to episode one even now you know and if you haven't heard it go ahead and go back and listen to it i don't think it's that bad but even now i'm like you know i was getting my footing here i'm still working on getting my footing as this show kind of evolves into what we want it to be i i, I call it disney conversations in podcast form and 50 episodes from now it may be a little different maybe kind of the same uh be doing some new stuff pretty soon kind of getting some new stuff involved in the show but uh, thank you so much for joining us once again on the ninth episode of hashtag mod pod now, where can you find me? You can find me on Twitter at Disney on a Dollar. Find me on Instagram at Magic on a Dollar. You can find me on Facebook. If you search at Disney on a Dollar, that is the business page. That's the big page. A lot of people there. I like to put a lot of links up there and a lot of things going on at Disney and, you know, a lot of just news and things like that. The Magic on a Dollar community, fan community is, is kind of the, the fan area. We, we haven't done a lot with that yet. We're going to try to get that going pretty soon. Magic on a Dollar, you can search that on Facebook and find that. Ask to join. I'll, I'll admit you and come in and talk about Disney with other Disney fans. That's the whole point of it. And so you can, t- you can email me, Magic on a Dollar podcast at gmail.com to let me know how we're doing on the show. I'd love to hear from you. And also, if you want a quote, Magic on a Dollar at gmail.com, that is where you say, Hey, Dave. I'm taking my family to Disney World, or hey Dave, I'm taking my family to Universal in Orlando. Can I get some numbers from you? Can I get some information from you? How can you help me? And I would love to help you out. This show sponsored by MyResumeLady.com. My good friend Amy Campbell has been doing this a long time, over nine years of experience in helping out with resumes and helping out with LinkedIn applications and helping out with marketing stuff. True story. So a couple of years ago, I'm working some stuff online, and I call up my friend Amy, and I'm like, Amy Campbell, can you help me out a little bit here? And she said, absolutely. So we look at the webpage together, and she kind of reads through, and she kind of starts pointing things out to me all of a sudden, like, hey, you should build this out. Hey, you want people to see this line first. This is good because it flows into this. Hey, why don't you take this paragraph and move it up a little bit, move this paragraph down a little bit, make it flow a little bit better. Hey, don't let's put your picture over here, whatever, and just this visual thing of like, let's fix this so this, it's better flowing to the eyes, whatever. And she just did this. It's just watching her work was amazing. So visit MyResumeLady.com. You'll talk to Amy and her team, and they can get you going, help you find that better job, help you find, it, help you find a new job, uh, help you in the job that you're in or whatever, but she will help you, I promise. The show 
It's produced by my good friend Clay Shaver, who is the host of the Remodeling Clay podcast. It comes out every Thursday morning. This past episode uh, was a great little episode as he dealt with his daughter um, and how she likes to lose things. And of course, you always find things in the uh, the last place that you the last place you look, you find them. Which confession? Sometimes I like to go and actually, when I find something I'm looking for, I look in three or four more places just so it won't be in the last place I, I, I looked. That's not really true, but I should start that anyway. <laughs> so again, um, the Remodeling Clay podcast comes out every Thursday. And once again, thanks to Clay Shaver for producing this show. And now, how about some news? Well, let's get some let's get to some Disney news and we'll do our, our theme music here. You ready? Here, do it with me. Do, 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 do. World News Tonight with Magic on a Dollar or with David Dollar. Something like that. So, real quick, there's not a whole lot of Disney stuff going on in terms of news-wise, but I do want to mention a few things, because some of these things are kind of fun, actually. Disney Springs is the shopping district down at uh, Disney World. The shopping and restaurants and shows and things like that. There's a bowling alley and a big movie theater and, and a big hot air balloon that's tethered to the ground. It goes up like 400 feet. It's all there. There's a lot of fun things happening at Disney Springs, and it's free to go to. It doesn't charge you anything. Um, a lot of my families I, I plan trips for, I recommend taking a day and going to Disney Springs, spending some time there and doing some shopping or whatever. Disneyland has downtown Disney, whereas Disney Springs is in Disney World. It used to be called Disneyland. Now it's called Disney Springs. They did a complete renovation of it. It's a massive area. Tons of, I mean, there's a whole lot of places there, a whole lot of things going on there. Um, so they are now, they have two Starbucks there. One on each side. One's called the Marketplace, and the other's called the West Side, I think, where there's different shops and stuff. Starbucks will now bring your drink to you. What does this mean? Okay, you and the family, you're shopping at World of Disney. You got a little girl looking at Princess Dolls. You got a little boy over here looking at, uh, you know, at Buzz Lightyear guns or whatever. Buzz Lightyear Space Space Ranger uh, uh, automatic guns that fire like little lasers and stuff. And, you know, your wife's looking at pajamas and you're over here looking at t-shirts or whatever. And you're thinking, you know what? I'd love to have Starbucks for the family. So you get your app open and you open up your Starbucks app and you make sure everything's good and you make sure you're connected and everything and open up the order tab. You select your, I want a latte. My wife wants a caramel macchiato and I'll get a frappuccino for Junior and I'll get a, I'll get an apple cider for, you know, the princess. You select your food and your beverages. You check out. Then you call this number, Starbucks, uh, 407-279-2794 and tell them your name. Hey, this is Bill Johnson and I'm here at uh, the World of Disney and we just ordered blah, blah, blah. They will bring your drinks to you. You're shopping, you fill all this out, you go through the app, do what you need to do, call the number, you keep shopping, they bring your drinks to you. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Starbucks will bring your drinks to you, so you're going to have a little barista walking around in the green apron going, Bill Johnson, got your order, Bill, Bill, and you're going to wave your hand and say, hey, I'm Bill, they bring you the order, everybody's happy. It's crazy, right? So Starbucks brings your drinks to you. How insane is that? Also at Disney Springs, there's a toy store called Once Upon a Toy uh, that's right there in the middle of Disney Springs, and they have a little section in the middle now. They've, they've kind of cleaned out to, to become a virtual reality experience area. It's called the Void Experience Center. It's a new facility that will host immersive VR experiences, and the first of these that they're doing, and I don't know if they'll do other, they'll take this one out and put another one in later. I'm not really sure, but this one's called Star Wars Secrets of the Empire. It's a hyper-realistic attraction which will plunge guests directly into the world of Star Wars, where they will be able to move freely through the untethered social and multi-sensory experience in a way that allows them to interact and engage with friends, family, and Star Wars characters. This groundbreaking experience will open to the public in just a few weeks on December 16th, just in time for the busiest season of the year. That is taken from themeparktourist.com, a good little good little news site when it comes to Disney news. Tickets are going to be available for 30 bucks, and basically, I'm assuming, you're going to go in, you're going to pay your $30, they'll give you some glasses, you go in, and you have a virtual reality experience. Now, there is no strict age limit, but they do recommend it for, for uh, ages 10 and up, so if you have an 8-year-old that can handle it, great. 
you know, if you have a four-year-old, they're not going to tell you no, but at the same time, it's like, well, I don't know if they're going to be able to really enjoy it as much. I'll tell you, my child would not be able to enjoy it. My child would keep pulling the glasses off because uh, that's just what he does. But uh, but thirty bucks will tell you, pay thirty bucks. Go in there and and do your thing at the Star Wars Secrets of the Empire Virtual Reality Experience, which I'll be honest with you, sounds really really cool. I really I want to do this. I haven't done it yet, but I want to do it. Something else I want to do over at Hollywood Studios is sing is see Jingle Bell Jingle Bam. Now, what does that mean? That is a fireworks and projection show, which takes place nightly throughout the holiday season. And this is from Disney Parks blog. Uh, stars elves uh, with the, the elves Wayne and Lanny from Prep and Landing. It's a show that was on ABC. came out, I don't know, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, and they keep showing it every year. And it's a fun little cartoon. It's a fun little show. Um, in this particular show, Jingle Bell, Jingle Bam, in it, Christmas Day is almost here. But jolly old St. Nick is nowhere to be found. But luckily, Wayne and Lanny are on the job, and they will not rest until the big guy is back at the North Pole. You can watch in wonder as buildings and rooftops come alive and immerse you in beloved scenes from Mickey's Christmas Carol and Beauty and the Beast and Pluto's Christmas Tree and Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. It'll all be there. And guess what? You can now watch it. It will be streaming on Disney Parks Live on Disney Parks Blog um, on December 4th at 6.55 p.m. Central, 7.55 p.m. Eastern. Uh, you'll be able to tune into the Disney Parks blog. You don't know where that is. Just type in Disney Parks blog in your Google or in your search bar, and you'll pull it up. Um, just before the viewing begins, It's I think the show is probably going to start at 7 Central, maybe 8 Eastern, but tune in about five minutes early to get on there. But, uh, yeah, December 4th, you'll be able to see Jingle Bell, Jingle Bam. Now, why do I call it that? That's because that's exactly what it says. Jingle Bell, Jingle Bam. Because BAM is spelled out with capital letters, B-A-M with an exclamation point. So I could say Jingle Bell, Jingle Bam, but I want to be literal with this. Jingle Bell, Jingle Bam. So that's going to be December 4th live on Disney Parks blog at 7.55 Eastern and 6.55 Central. So you can check that out as well. The Candlelight Processional is also going on at Epcot all season long. Um, this weekend would have been Whoopi Goldberg. At the time this is released, Whoopi Goldberg will be doing the, the narration over the weekend. Pat Sajak comes out a couple of times this week, as does Jody Benson, who is the voice of the Little Mermaid. And Kurt Russell makes his first appearance on December 9th, which is, I guess, Saturday of this particular week. Um, now, what does that mean? They come out and, and they basically will have the Bible. They will read the Christmas story from the Bible. They'll have a choir in the background singing Christmas carols, singing traditional hymns. It's a beautiful show. It's a wonderful show. It's a lot of fun. It's very touching, very moving. Um, I've seen I've seen it a couple times. Jody Benson was the narrator the last time I went, of course. And it was just really cool seeing Ariel. I mean, she's the voice of Ariel. And so she was up there doing her thing, and she's got this immaculate voice and this great just singing voice or whatever. It's really cool. So uh, so don't forget that. And if you're down in Epcot anytime this uh, this uh, this year, go ahead and, and get that. And if you can, if you can see Candlelight Petitional, do it. If you can make yourself a reservation, <clears throat> which is basically uh, a dining reservation, which has the special seating for this, do so. It may be a little extra if you pay out of pocket for it, if you're not on any kind of dining plan. Um, because the lines for these things, especially the popular ones like Jody Benson and Neil Patrick Harris and Warwick Davis and probably Kurt Russell, the lines for this get really long. So you have to wait sometimes an hour, hour and a half just to get seated, where if you pay a little extra for a dining dining experience somewhere at one of the restaurants in Epcot and have like a little extra ticket to have special seating, you don't have to wait as long, and it's really, really worth it. So just check that out. And if you want, you can always call me your friendly neighborhood Disney travel planner, and I will walk you through that entire experience. Also in Epcot, uh, Coco, of course, came out the uh, last week, the Pixar film, uh, Coco, which came out to rave reviews, made a lot of money at the box office and everything. And from now until January 6, 2018, El Mariachi Coco de Santa Cecilia, 
<laughs> I got through all of that and I stumbled on the last word. Let me try this again. El Mariachi Coco de Santa Cecilia. Uh, it's a musical group inspired by the film will entertain people at the Mexico Pavilion named for the town of Santa Cecilia, which is the town in the film. El Mariachi Coco de Santa Cecilia will perform songs from the movie, including the great Remember Me and the heartwarming The World is Mi Familia. Um, of course, the film revolves around Coco. Um, I'm sorry, not Coco. The the, the film revolves around Miguel, who dreams of becoming an accomplished musician despite his family's uh, uh, generation's old ban on music. It's a great little movie. I actually did a review on it last week. I told you about some Easter eggs as well. Spoiler-free to begin with. I got into spoilers later, but I gave you plenty of heads up. Don't worry about that. So that's going to be happening at the Epcot Mexico Pavilion as well. Let's look at some Disney history. Why don't we? How about that, huh? Uh, 1971 this week. The Aristocats, the 20th animated feature in the Disney animated features canon, premiered um, in Sweden, actually. You know what? It's funny because I pulled this up as, as news and I was typing it down. And I was like, oh, The Aristocats premiered. Well, this is cool. And I thought to myself, well, didn't that come out a couple of weeks ago? But okay, maybe I just, maybe I didn't, maybe I didn't remember that right. Okay, well, The Aristocats, I wrote it down, 20th animated feature, and I pulled it up on the computer as I'm talking here, and I see the two little words at the very end of the entire sentence, in Sweden. So, the 20th, or the, the uh, 1971, the 20th animated feature in the Disney Animated Features canon premiered in Sweden. That's The Aristocats. How about that? Never let it be said that I'm perfect, because I am not. Also this week, though, in 2005, um, the... The Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe premiered, and it's a delightful movie. If you've never seen this movie, it is a great film um, based on the uh, the C.S. Lewis novels, uh, the, the Wardrobe Chronicles, uh, the Chronicles of Narnia, excuse me, there's like seven books, and I know they did the second one, which is Prince Caspian. Prince Caspian a lot better than people give it credit for. It's a, it's a really good movie. It's a fun movie. Um, and of course... That was done by Walden Media, which was working with Disney at the time. For the third movie, they did something else with it. They actually passed off Walden Media, I think, to Fox, maybe? And now they did a third film. Um, is it Dawn Treader? I don't remember what the third film was called. I never saw it. I should have seen it, but I never saw it. And the, the series kind of died out from there, which is really sad because it was a great series. I say that not having seen the third one. Um, but the first two were really great. And I know The Chronicles of Narnia was a big deal when it came out because it was a really good movie. Liam Neeson was the voice of Aslan, the lion. And that's one of those, if you ever, if you check it, check it out on, on cable, if it premieres, it's not one of those traditional Christmas movies, but it's a great family film. So it's definitely worth checking out. So that's something to think about. 1901 this week. How can we not mention the fact that Walter E. Disney, born to his parents, Flora and Elias, in their two-story cottage at 1249 Trip Avenue in a newly developed section of Chicago, Illinois. The fourth Disney son, that being Walt, named to honor the family's pastor and local friend, Walter Parr, He's, who was a preacher at the Congregational Church. Um, the Disney family moved to Missouri in April 1906, where Walt and his brothers and sisters grew up on a farm in Marceline. But the family came back to Chicago sometime later. Of course, Walt Disney grew up uh, in the early part of the century. And um, somehow or another, did some cartoons and stuff in the 20s, and then created uh, Mickey Mouse, maybe in the 20s, whatever. Sometimes, I, I, I forget who this guy is. I don't even know why we're mentioning him, right? No, Walt, uh, Walt Disney, his birthday, 1901. It's a big deal, of course. Um, you know, he'd be, what, uh, 117, 116 years old, hashtag mathing. 116 years old this year, of course, passed away in the late 60s, 66, 67, something like that. Uh, but he is... He was a visionary. He is responsible for Disney World, Disneyland, everything that bears his name on it. And there's so much that we can give credit for. Maybe one day in the future when I do more research, I'd love to have like a Walt Disney show. I'd like to talk about Walt Disney, maybe do a section or a segment on him, uh, maybe some early history and stuff. But it is worth mentioning, too, that later on, uh, he, Walt Disney was a 
for for all of his faults, and he did have some faults. He was not perfect. He did a lot of things wrong, um, you know, in his career. Uh, you know, looked at, said a lot of things wrong, did a lot of things wrong. Nobody's perfect, but he was a visionary overall. And he was a patriot. He really was a patriot. 1941, of course, Pearl Harbor Day is this week. That was the, the 1941 is when the Japanese took a sneak attack on Pearl Harbor in Hawaii. And Walt Disney heard the news over the radio. He got a phone call from the studio manager telling him that army troops moved into the Burbank studios. Okay. So he's at home. He's chilling. He's reading the paper, whatever. He hears on the radio the Japanese have, have, have attacked Pearl Harbor. He gets a phone call from his manager a little later on that day saying, guess what? We're, I'm here at the Burbank Studios, the animation studios, and there are army troops moving in because there was a nearby, there was a nearby aircraft installation. Um, I'm sorry. There was a nearby Lockheed factory, which manufactured airplanes for the U.S. Army. And so they were, the troops were moving in to basically set up a little base to help protect the Lockheed factory. Uh, this is 1941. Uh, a day or so later, the army set up, uh, you know, the camp of Walt Disney Burbank Studios for also for the repair of military vehicles and anti-aircraft guns. And as the primary defense station to guard the Lockheed plant, um, one third of Walt's animators would be drafted away from him. And uh, he gets a call later on that night from a Navy official offering Walt Disney World a con- Walt Disney World offering Walt Disney a contract for up to 20 films on aircraft and warship identification. Now, what does that even mean? I know I just said a lot of words there, kind of a history mumbo-jumbo. Basically, they set up camp there in the, in Anaheim, Burbank, uh, in the studios. And, um, you know, Walt Disney, being a patriot, was like, okay, so, you know, his, his animators were being drafted uh, left and right over the coming year or so to go to the war. And um, Disney had done, at this point, he had done Snow White and Seven Dwarfs, Pinocchio, Fantasia, Dumbo, opened up a little bit later in 1941. And, of course, Bambi was finishing up. From there to 1950, for the next eight years, there was no big theatrical film. And he'd even had some trouble with, with Dumbo and with Bambi and such, um, in terms of Fantasia, in terms of making their money back. So they were kind of, they were calling the outs. There was a right, there was an animator strike and there was a lot of things going on. So what they did was they put together some short films and packaged them together to release. That is Salutis Domingos in 1943, Three Caballeros in 1945, Make My Music in 46, Fun and Fancy Free in 47, Melody Time in 48, and even The Adventure of Ichabod and Mr. Toad in 1949. Those are considered official Disney animated films. Of course, Make My Music has little has uh, Casey at the Bat. Uh, Peter and the Wolf is in that one as well. Um, fun and Fancy Free is going to have Bongo the Bear, which is a kind of fun. Mickey and the Beanstalk is a part of that one. Melody Time. It's going to have The Legend of Jenny, uh, Johnny Appleseed. Uh, the Little Toot uh, is in there. The Trees is in there. Uh, and a Picos Bill segment. Um, of course, Mr., uh, Ichabod and Mr. Toad has the Sleepy Hollow Legend with Ichabod. And of course, you know, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride is in that as well. And so he did a lot of packaging and stuff before they finally rebounded with Cinderella in 1950. But that was a very harrowing seven years. And Walt Disney really wanted to, to help out. So that's when you get a lot of those, um, you know, those, those pro-military cartoons with Mickey and Donald and Goofy and Pluto and stuff. You know, you'll see Donald uh, flying the planes and Goofy on how to drive cars and how to do stuff. I mean, it's, you can find these on YouTube and a lot of places, but a lot of stuff in there... And I will tell you, they are not necessarily politically correct. I've seen some of them. Some of them you kind of look at and you're like, oh, that's really funny. That's really quaint. That's really cute. Some of them you look at and you're like, ooh, I don't, I don't know how that would, that definitely would not fly today. That's just, ooh, no, not so much. So, um, kind of interesting. I mean, it's, you know, that, I mean, they saved the studio. Working with the military saved the studio because they were able to get the money to finance and bring up things like Cinderella, which made the studio a ton of money, uh, in the 1950s. 
Um, and then right after that was Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, Lady of the Tramp, Sleeping Beauty, and, and their own outs throughout the decade. Um, but it's just kind of interesting there how this week was the week that kind of changed everything in terms of the military, in terms of the U.S. involvement, World War II, and even Walt Disney and his animators were affected by this big, big event uh, with, their, with their studio there. So there you go. It's a little bit of uh, Disney news. Marvel released the Infinity War trailer this week. And uh, I have watched this trailer about 12 times. I watched it three times this morning. Just I've never been so excited about a movie, I think, um, that's coming out. And I'm just hoping it's not a bad movie because I, I, don't, know, I don't even know what my expectations are. I think they're pretty high. Uh, I'm going to nerd out for a minute here, so please excuse me. But if you don't care much about Marvel, go ahead and listen because I kind of want to walk you through some of this stuff. Marvel has done something... And even if you don't care about Marvel, just listening to how they've done it is amazing. Marvel has done something. Disney Marvel. Disney has been really good at this, too. They've done something that has just been remarkable. They have told a story over the course of, what, 15, 17 movies, something like that, that's taken about 10 years to tell, okay? Uh, starting out with Iron Man and I know, in, like, 2008. I know they did some Hulk movies before that, and it kind of led into this, but Iron Man was kind of the one that really kicked it off. Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Iron Man 3, you get Captain America, the Avengers movie, you know, then the ancillary characters of Thor and Ant-Man and, um, you know, Thor 2 and Doctor Strange and so on and so on. All these kind of movies kind of built up. And Guardians of the Galaxy, of course, was one that was a big hit as well, an unexpected big hit. And so... These stories are all independent stories, but they all connect together. And a lot of them involve something called the Infinity Stone, which is kind of strange because a lot of these sci-fi films with with other with uh, the big bad guys coming from other dimensions to conquer the universe always have to collect things to put them together to be powerful. Um, you know, the Justice League came out and the bad guy, Steppenwolf, he had to collect these things called the Mother Boxes. And you put three of them together and they make this big powerful thing and we can't let the three to get together and whatever. Um, Transformers, one of the movies had these I forget what they were called, some sort of rod things where they fly down, they they they, they get together and they zap each other and it makes this big portal or whatever. And, you know, there's always this series of things you have to collect to put them together. So it's like, find one, find two, collect them all and, you know, own the universe. So Marvel has done this too. Although they actually kind of did it, I don't want to say did it first, but they've kind of done it the best. And they've, they've been doing something called Infinity Stones. Now there are six Infinity Stones. And again, pardon me while I nerd out here. Uh, for those of you who watch the movies... Let me see. The, the the time stone is the one that Doctor Strange has. He's the one, if you ever watch the movie, it's in his little amulet there. The mind stone is the one that the character of Vision has, played by Paul Bettany. He's been in the Avengers movies. He doesn't have his own film and probably won't get his own film, but that's the mind stone. The space stone is uh, is the one that kind of um, happened with the, the original Avengers movie that was in the little box called the Tesseract that has a glowing cube that was called the Tesseract. The space stone is in that, Okay. Then you had the uh, the Power Stone, which is what the Guardians of the Galaxy was basically taking care of. Um, at the end of their movie, you know, they, they in the little ball thing, they were going back and forth. They were trying to fight over it. That was called the Power Stone. Um, and the Reality Stone was what the Collector had at the end of Thor, Thor 2. Now, there was this character played by Benicio de Toro. He's the Collector, and he talks like this. And he talks, I will keep this safe. For you, um, they bring this stone to him. It's the uh, it's the it's the the reality stone. Okay, so that's five of the six stones. Um, the final stone is called the soul stone. Don't know what color it's going to be. We're thinking. My guess is we're going to have an appearance of that in the upcoming Black Panther movie. But uh, you got the 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 time stone, the mind stone, the face stone, the power, and the reality stone, and the soul stone all get together. So what happens is Thanos, who is the big bad guy from. Um, from the upcoming Marvel uh, Infinity Wars film, 
Um, you, he has some sort of power glove, and it makes me think of like a Nintendo power glove from the 80s where you put it on, you can control the, you know, Mario and whatever you're doing. But you put all the stones in this big glove thing, and suddenly you, you control the universe. And so the Avengers are going to try to stop him from controlling the universe, and he's gathering all these stones together. And you've seen glimpses of this guy, Thanos, in various movies at the end of, on, at the end of credits, you know, you'll see him, and there's somebody saying, you know, we failed to get the stone, or we tried to get the stone, or whatever, or here's the stone. And so while all these movies haven't really, most of them haven't really centered on those stones, those stones had something to do with, the, with all these movies. So all these movies are all working together now for one big film, The Avengers Infinity War, coming out in May. There's going to be a part two coming out probably in 2020, I guess, would be the final Avengers film, uh, so to speak. And my guess, just a guess, it'll be the final film for probably Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, Scarlett Johansson, um, possibly Chris Hemsworth, possibly... Um, uh, Mark Ruffalo, because a lot of those guys, they kind of their stories are kind of been told. And what's been what's been said by Kevin Feige, who is kind of the head of Marvel, he has said basically that there's two Marvel stories, Marvel story arcs they're going to tell. One of the story arcs ends at the end of Avengers four, so everybody's done. And then the next one starts after Avengers four, so a whole new set of characters, a whole new set of whatever. Now, what does that mean for everybody? I don't know. They may all sign up to say and come back. Iron Man may say, you know what, let's do another one. Chris Evans may say, you know what, write me another check and we'll do it. I don't know. But I'm guessing that probably will be the last we will see of those characters, at least as a main character. You may have a cameo of Iron Man pop up in a film five years from now or something. I don't know. Um, but that's what's coming up in Infinity War. Watch the trailer. The trailer is just so great. It's so great. A uh, little tidbit for you. The, the character... There's a character, Captain America, and he catches a spear right in the middle of the trailer. You see a spear being thrown at him, and he catches it. And you can only see a barely a glimpse of who's throwing it. Well, that character is named Proxima Midnight. Proxima Midnight. Okay? And that is one of Thor's henchmen. Because in the comics, I believe it's called the Black Order. And he's got like four or five henchmen that kind of do his bidding for him. And this one, in the movies, I think they're called the Children of Thanos. But I could be wrong. I just nerded completely out for you right there. So, like I said, I hope you come back to me. I hope I didn't lose you there. But, uh, but yeah, I had to talk about Thor and the Affinity War and Thanos and all that good stuff because I'm just so excited about it, guys. And I'm hoping you are, too, because it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. So, uh, you know what? I think we're going to wrap up here. Um, I do want to say a quick thing. I do want to say a quick happy birthday to my son who just turned six years old. The day I'm recording this, actually, is his birthday. And, uh, you know, let me let me share some stories real quick. And um, for those of you who don't know me and don't know him, uh, he is autistic. He is on the spectrum. He's We think he's going to be high-functioning. Uh, we found this out, um, I don't know, when he was about, eight, about 13 to 14 months old. There's a long story there, and I've kind of blogged about it. And if you really want to know some more information about that, uh, send me an email, magicandadollarpodcast at gmail.com, and I'd be happy to share you the links to that. I'm not going to talk about that journey because that, that has nothing to do with Disney. But Disney has been a part of our lives, and it's always been a part of his life ever since ever since he's grown up. And Disney is the kind of place that this is the kind of place that will change you if you let it. If you let it be something that will change you and move you, it can definitely do that. Now there are a lot of people who don't have those experiences. There are people that go and have a good time or whatever, and they come back, you know, and they want to go again or whatever. And it, to me, to them, it doesn't really penetrate their soul or their heart or anything. It's just it's something fun to do. And I love Haunted Mansion, man. I love riding Big Thunder, and you know, I love getting on the Tower of Terror or you know, our Cars Land in California, or I love Disney Cruises or whatever. But there are other times that that there are people too that 
that Disney will really get you in the heart and really get you in the feels, as they like to say. Um, and that's our family. And that is that is our, my wife, myself, that is us. And we, we love that Disney magic. And we were, this was, I don't know, he was maybe three years old. And of course, we had not really put him into therapy school yet. And uh, he was, you know, it was it was very hard for us because by the time you, you have a child who's three years old, they should be talking and talking in sentences and saying things to you, whatever. And our child was not. And it was a little hard for mommy and daddy for, for us. Um, and he didn't, he didn't like to, to interact a whole lot with people. He, he liked people, but he didn't know how to interact with people. So, so as I mentioned before, my favorite princess is Rapunzel. So of course we had to meet Rapunzel, right? So we had to meet Rapunzel. So we go in to meet Rapunzel and we get in line and everything. We go to Rapunzel and, and I'm standing there and I'm talking to Rapunzel and, you know, my wife is holding our son Campbell. That's his name. And, um, you know, Rapunzel's talking to Campbell and just kind of saying cute little things to him, talking to me or whatever. And so Campbell out of nowhere, just out of nowhere, reaches his hand out and puts it on Rapunzel. Now, she's got a glove on. So he puts it on Rapunzel and he starts rubbing her hand. And, of course, she looks at me and she looks at, at, at Stephanie, my wife, with a very peculiar look like, oh, you know, is, this, is this a big deal? You know, what do, I, what do I need to do anything or whatever? And we just were, like, shocked because he had never really done that with a stranger. And he just started rubbing her hand. He grabbed her finger and I held it for a second. So she held his hand and he kind of rubbed in her hand. And of course, my wife was nearly in tears and I was nearly in tears because he'd never done anything like that before. And so him, for him to reach out to somebody, a Disney princess, my favorite princess, and just grab her hand and start stroking it was a beautiful thing. And we told her, you know, we were like, well, you know, he's, he's on the spectrum and he doesn't do this. And so the fact that he's reaching out to you is a pretty big deal. And of course, Rapunzel was just like, oh my goodness. And just, you could tell that the, the Kids, close your ears. The woman portraying Rapunzel, uh, you could tell that Rapunzel herself was a little like, oh my gosh, that's just, that's amazing. And it was a beautiful moment because it was really a breakthrough for him to have that kind of, kind of, kind of interaction with a, with a, with a stranger, I guess. Uh, he'd not really even seen the Rapunzel cartoon, so he didn't know a lot about Rapunzel at all. Uh, he knows who Rapunzel is now. I don't think he says her name, but he knows who she is. Um, but that was a major breakthrough. And a couple of years later, we were at a, uh, we were at the Magic Kingdom and we were, um, you know, we had just gotten tall enough to ride some roller coasters and he loves, he's, he's a kid of no fear. He doesn't, he doesn't mind climbing on anything. And a lot of kids are like that. He doesn't mind climbing on anything. He doesn't mind doing it. He will climb on whatever. He will do whatever. He has no concept of fear, which is a good thing and a bad thing, right? And so he, he, he goes with us to the Barnstormer. And of course, we're not sure how he's going to take it because yes, you know, we, he and I play around. I'll pick him up and I'll spin him around some and he likes like slides and water slides and things like that. But he'd never really experienced a roller coaster. And I'm like, okay, let's see what happens. Of course, we're all nervous and stuff. And so it's myself, my wife, and my father-in-law and my mother-in-law. So we all get on the Barnstormer. And the Barnstormer really, it's adults. It's like, if you've never seen it, it's a small roller coaster. The ride itself lasts less than one minute. It's Goofy's Barnstormer and something. And it's made for children. This is kind of a ride of passage for a lot of families. For kids who, who can't uh, ride bigger coasters like Big Thunder or Space Mountain, they do Barnstormer. And that kind of gives – and I tell parents this too. It kind of gives you a sense of how they're going to react on other coasters because if they can handle this, they can handle the other coasters. If they freak out on this, do not take them on Space Mountain. If they really get upset about the Barnstormer, do not take them on Big Thunder. Maybe question Seven Doors Mine Train or anything like that. So, um, And I think it, I want to say at Disneyland, it's called Goofy's Sky School. It's kind of the same concept. Um, am I right about that? I think I'm right about that. Anyway, and so we get on the Barnstormer, and my father-in-law and he and Campbell get in the very front row, and I'm in the second row, and my wife's in the third row, and my mother-in-law's in the fourth row, because really, again, two adults can't sit in the same little car together. It's just, you're too ramped in. And the ride starts, 
And the whole time, I hear him laughing and laughing and laughing. And, and he is just laughing so much, just laughing all the way through. We pull it back up to the station a minute later, and he's still laughing. And we start to get out, and the cast member will say something like, well, he is so happy, so excited. And again, I mentioned, you know, well, this is his first roller coaster. And, and I know it sounds like I dropped the whole, like, he has autism thing on everybody. I really don't, I promise you. I'm just for the purposes of these stories, this is why it comes into play. I mentioned to her again that you know, he's special needs, and this is his first coaster. And we didn't know how he would handle it. He's handled it beautifully. He loves it. And she just simply said, you know what? Write it again. Stay exactly where you are. Write it again. So he wrote it again with my father-in-law. We came back on the station. She says, you want to do it again? So my wife hopped in the front row with him and sat with him and took videotape. I actually have the, the, the video of it. It's adorable, adorable by the way. Um, and the fourth time, I hopped in the front with him. So he wrote it four times in a row, directed by a cast member. And it, it wasn't that busy. We weren't taking it away from anybody else. But, um, you know, and eventually after four times, we were like, okay, that's enough. We need to get off and let somebody else go. But, uh, but yeah, she let us write it over, or let us write it over and over and over. And that was her call. I mean, she's a cast member with it that has that kind of Disney magic experience. But, um, but no, it was just, those are two stories where really the Disney magic just kind of enveloped us. And it really just, it's a special thing for us. We love Disney and we love the Disney magic. And my son loves Disney too. He loves Mickey Mouse Racers. He loves PJ Maxx. Oh my gosh, this kid is crazy about PJ Maxx, which for a child of, of his needs and his challenges is a big deal because a lot of times children like that don't get, don't get identifying with a brand of any kind. They like, you know, they like cars or they like whatever things that make noises, but they don't really identify necessarily with a particular character. Um, they may see characters, but they don't recognize them. They just recognize, you know, action figure, blue action figure, red action figure, whatever, but it could be anything. No, he likes PJ Masks. He identifies with Catboy, Gecko, and Owlette. And he's been, he's beginning to really understand, you know, who is Mickey and who is Goofy and who is Donald and who is Winnie the Pooh and who is Tigger and who is Lightning McQueen, who is Elsa and who is Anna. He loves Frozen um, and loves those. And so that's the joy of Disney. That's the joy of Disney magic. And I wanted to share those stories with you, really, with you real quick just to kind of give some personal personal touch to the show. Um but it is his birthday today. So happy birthday, Campbell. I don't know that you'll ever listen to this. And if you do, it might be years from now. But if you're all listening to it right now, son, happy birthday. We love you. So there you go. That is the Mod Pod. Hashtag Mod Pod. Magic and a Dollar Podcast. Uh, thank you once again for listening to the very end of it. I know 30 minutes of your time. Disney conversation in a podcast form. I'm glad you tuned in. I'm glad you're listening. Hope you learned a little bit. Hope I didn't lose you too much with the nerding out. Uh, I will do that from time to time. Of course, the Star Wars Last Jedi film is coming out next week. And I will be there. I have tickets for two shows in one night. I have a ticket for the fan event at 6 o'clock, and I have a ticket for the regular show at 9 o'clock. So I will come back, and I will give you all the news that's fit to print about The Last Jedi, uh, maybe in a maybe in a spoiler section or something after the show, because I know not everybody's crazy about Star Wars. I mean, you know, God loves you anyway, right? And so um, I don't want to take up the whole show about nothing but Marvel and Star Wars. So maybe we'll do a segment about that after the end of the show or something later on in a couple weeks. But um, that's coming out. So anyway, find me again once again on Twitter at... Disney on a dollar. Find me on Instagram at magic on a dollar. Find me on Gmail at magic on a dollar podcast at gmail.com. Facebook, Disney on a dollar is our business page and you'll see all the news and the fun stuff. And of course, magic on a dollar is our fan community. Find me in all those places. Thank you once again to MyResumeLady.com, Amy and her team, the resume gurus, the LinkedIn poobahs, the marketing specialists. They will help you with all your stuff, producing and uh, uh, sponsoring the show, producing the show. Thank you once again to Clay Shaver, the host of the Remodeling Clay podcast, out every Thursday. My name is Dave. Thank you once again for helping me spread a little bit of magic. And don't forget to thank a Phoenician. <laughs>